Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. Edward Harrison, Director of Vital Exercise, which is located in Manningtree, England, um, about an hour or so outside of, uh, where did you say it was located? Out, right outside of London, correct? Correct. Correct. Awesome. So right outside of London, um, just a, a short, short trip overseas. Um, uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about high-intensity training, uh, what true strength training principles are, why it's important to follow them, and why they've always worked, and uh, learn a little bit more about about Edward and and how he how he trains and trains others and keeps people safe doing so. So, uh, Edward, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's totally my pleasure. So, jump in a little bit. Give us uh, some history, some background of maybe how you got involved with uh, strength training, and then you know, kind of fast forward as to, to where you are now and, and what's going on. Um, well, um, I started way back in the 70s. I was uh, I'm 56 now, so I started quite a long time ago. I, I was initially very influenced by Bruce Lee. I used to love Bruce Lee when I was a kid. Of course, uh, Bruce Lee was a big fan of weight training and so that inspired me to, to start lifting and punching bags and just generally adopting a, you know, a sort of healthier lifestyle. Right. And then um, I remember one day, a few years later, I, I walked into a, a news agents and saw uh, my first uh, muscle magazine and it, ha- and it had a, a picture of Mike Mentor on the cover. Yep. Of course, that's very, very striking. And as I always say, I think that's, a, that's a, an introduction that a lot of guys have. Um, to to bodybuilding is they see their first muscle magazine and away they go and that's certainly the case with me um, and you know I read that thing cover to cover and things started to develop from there um, obviously uh, I changed my training approach I didn't train uh, you know like um, Mentor was advocating at the time I was very influenced by the you know the you know, the weeder principles and all the you know the massive volume and I was doing all that and because I was getting nowhere you know very thin and making no progress um, and then I just stumbled over the the Nautilus bulletins in um, uh, the early Ironman magazines and uh, started getting involved in the Nautilus thing got more into the mentor approach and then in the 80 I think it was 1983 or 1984 I opened my first Nautilus gym okay. um, and um, you know when when took it to, to to a business level and ran that for a number of years very successfully and then um, I left that business because I had to go and work in an unrelated business my family had a business which um, uh, I got involved with it at the time, but uh, concurrent with that, with that at sort of that business as well, I I always had it maintained a very well equipped garage gym, you know, with Nautilus machines in, and I trained myself and people out of the various garages as I was 
as I was moving from house to house and always sort of had this reputation of being Ted the trainer, you know? Right. And then, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, uh, you know, I did that. I've competed in some amateur bodybuilding and um, one thing and the other. And then about uh, five or six years ago, I retired from um, the unrelated business and was um, just doing nothing for for a while and running out of money really fast um so i thought well what can i do what can i get back involved in that i know what to do so you know one thing led to the other and i opened vital exercise which is my personal training business and i've run that now for um about four years and um very successful i'm very happy and it and, and it works very well and that's how i got to today so Let's let's cycle back a little bit because I I've talked a lot about on the podcast about the the Nautilus bulletins. People are very familiar with those who listen to the podcast. I think. Um, can you describe the difference between the Weeder principles and the Nautilus bulletins? <laughs> well, uh, you know, the only thing you can say is like a different planet, or you know, you're you're in a different right. universe, really. I mean, yeah. it, it. I mean, he's such a compelling writer. Arthur Jones is a compelling writer, and he draws you in and knocks you over the head, and you you can't help but get set straight by it. Um, and of course, you um, and to his credit, also he, although he sold a you know a load of machines and, to, and earned a tremendous amount of money from that, he also allowed people like myself when I first discovered it, who didn't have access to those machines, particularly in the UK. Um, to train, you know, with dips and squats and free weights and and to do a, a much more limited number of sets than uh, is was normally being advocated out there by Arnold and Franco and all those guys. Well, I've right. got a lot of respect for. I love those guys. I grew up with them. But, you know, but, so the, the difference is, is, is one of intensity um, and um, a shorter duration workout. And, and generally, it works very, very well. There's, you know, there's, there's a huge difference between um, the two philosophies. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think you definitely hit on the head when you said, uh, you know, how like, like most, especially young men, get introduced into the world of weightlifting, uh, you know, like myself. Of course, I, I grew up in, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a, let's just say a little younger than you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Most people about, are. Yeah. Right, 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 right. There's, I'm about, you know, tw there's about a 20-year difference. So I, you know, when I, when I was getting into it, I was looking at uh, magazines like, you know, Muscle and Fitness and uh, Health and Fitness, um, or what, no, not health and fitness, men, men's health, you know, things like that, which sure. really are, are garbage is, is what yes. they are. But, you know, when you're first getting into it and that's your first exposure, uh, because the, the icons of the industry have stepped out, have stepped out of it for, you know, for so long for probably what, I guess, 20, 20 so years before I, I got into it. And, you know, it wasn't uh, until many, many, many years later when I got into to grad school and, and even undergrad, where I started looking into to more, what people would say old school strength training, but it's funny how everybody kind of takes that leap, uh, you know, and almost everybody, unless you're super lucky, almost everybody gets introduced to strength training uh, the improper way, I think, or, or they, you know, they don't know that they're doing some things wrong, but um, eventually when they kind of start to, to tweak and they do more and they learn more and they search out good resources, 
you look back, you're like, holy cow, how did I not kill myself? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, there were some, yeah. some things that I was doing and I was like, oh, I should have snapped my back or, you know, broken a shoulder or something. But um, so all, all those things said, what what is vital exercise? What are some of the, the principles that, that you teach uh, the people that you work with? Well, one of the things that I did um, as I was, uh, you know, getting initiated in this whole thing is that when I was pretty, actually pretty experienced and, and, and having competed in a couple of contests, I used to go over to America, uh, to California for, I did it maybe three or four times and stay um, in Santa Monica and train in the, in the various gyms out there. So mm -hmm. I'm, and I was very lucky at one stage to, to be trained by Vince Garonda. Have you heard of him? I no, that I don't recognize that name. Yeah, he's a, he's a bit of a legend in the bodybuilding um, fraternity. He had a he had a gym uh, uh, over on um, I believe it's Ventura Boulevard, and he'd been training people for you know decades and produced a lot of literature and was very very famous for his arrogant attitude and um, okay. you know he he was a great trainer and he he learned his. Um, his craft on the gym floor, you know, he wasn't a, um, a theorist. He had some very interesting um, ideas. And the reason I'm telling you that is because having gone and, and trained with him personally, he trained me. That's affected my uh, approach to exercise, particularly in uh, regard to hypertrophy. Um, I Vital exercise um, is um, uh, a place where various people of various ages can come and be trained. I mean, my oldest clients are 84 and my youngest client yep. is, you know, 17. So uh, depending on, on the kind of training they want to do, I'll adjust my approach um, to, uh, to, to fit that individual. I, what I am very much uh, trying to get away from is labeling. You know, I don't, I don't, um, I hit works. It's a great system. I use it primarily um, over everything else, but I, I, I do believe in, in, in regards particularly to hypertrophy, it has its limitations. So I've evolved over the years with my own training and training other people that want to produce more muscular size to um, introducing some different types of concepts in regard to um, making that happen. Mm -hmm. what, I, what I do in vital exercise, for instance, is some clients will come in and perform um, seven exercises, one set to failure. And other clients will come in that, that require um, hypertrophy. And we'll do something along the lines of what we call a six times six or an eight times eight uh, Vince Garonda inspired protocol. And all that is, is six sets done with a very short interval between uh, each set. So you might do say a set of dips for six repetitions and then you'll rest for say 10 to 15 seconds and repeat that. Yeah. Um, so the, the, the way I like to term that is it's volume and brevity combined because six times six done correctly can be done in a matter of, you know, a couple of minutes. So the intensity is very high uh, and the duration is very short. However, the volume within that bubble is quite a lot in terms yeah. of repetitions. And I, I always liken that to 
uh, rest pause training, you know, um, you're aware of rest pause training where you'll, you'll take a, you know, something like a, the, the maximum weight you can use for one repetition and perform one repetition. And then you'll rest for, you know, 15 seconds or 20 seconds and do it again until you've right. done maybe. Right. So, uh, you know, this six times six or eight times eight system is very, very, um, it's a cousin to that and it works very well. And if you're willing to throw away the labels um, that are attached to a lot of strength training, you know, I, I think labels are only really good for, you know, baked bean tins. But if you, if you can, <laughs> if you can open your mind a little bit to, as I have done over the years and, and just by learning and absorbing all this info and applying it to myself and to people I train, then you can see some commonalities between um, various forms of sensible, safe, productive strength training um, yeah. that, that work very well. And I like to, I like that because I think there's an art to that rather than just writing six exercises down or 12 exercises and ticking them off and trying to get another repetition and, and, and doing it that way. When you, when you open, you know, the, the doors a little bit and get into it, I like the fact that it's a bit more creative and yeah. a little bit more uh, spontaneous, organic, and you have to sort of, um, in, you can't go into something like a six times six workout and get it right the first time because the, t the differences in rest periods need to be shortened or extended. And biologically, your human body really doesn't give a damn about, you know, what's written on the paper. It needs nope. to feel it, you know, it needs to feel this right. experience. So, you know, one of the reasons people pay me is because I can guide them through that process and allow them to then uh, have some ownership of this workout. You know, I, I like to use the term that eventually I just want to be like a workout caddy. You know, I just I want to be there to facilitate their progress without yeah. being there. And I don't want to be a rep counter either. You know, I just so my the people that train with me after six months, they're saying to me what they want. You know, they're saying, I say, how do you feel today? What do you feel like doing? So I'm not, they don't come in and I say, you're doing that. Some people do want that, but, you know, it's a little bit more uh, freer than that, if you follow me, Eric. Yeah, definitely. That's, well, it's, you think about that, it's their program, right? It's their health, it's their well-being, and they're coming to you. Like I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I liken it to, um, to somebody bringing their car in, you know, to get, to get worked on. It's obviously your vehicle. You're bringing it to the professional. They know what they're doing, but you know, hopefully, so, you know, sometimes like if you're going to get the oil changed, you know that the oil needs to be changed to maintain that vehicle. So you're going to a place to basically maintain your meat wagon, <laughs> right? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's your, it's your own program. So you should definitely be, have some control over it. I totally get um, going to a trainer and just being told what to do. You know, some people tell me, you know, I come here so I don't have to think about the, the workout. Totally yes. cool. Great. Yes. I have people that I have people that request certain exercises. I'm like, great. You know, why, why can't, why shouldn't we be able to do that? That's fantastic. Um, so a couple things that you hit on, I, I think number one, learning from others and not being pigeonholed into a, a certain, a certain frame of uh, frame of mind in terms of this is the only thing that works. Obviously, you know, I don't want to keep beating a dead horse, but, you know, there are many ways to go about strength training. 
when we're talking about sensible, safe strength training, something that someone can do for literally their entire life, um, we're not talking about, you know, explosive movements and, um, and I'll just, I'll just say like, you know, the, the, the CrossFit-y type style of, uh, of workouts. I think those definitely have their place. Um, people who enjoy it and are good at it and are good at coaching those kind of movements, fine. But in, in the world that I operate in, you know, most people that I think, and maybe you can, uh, you can say more about this, but most people that we see on a day-to-day basis, that's number one, it's not what they, they want, but it's not also what they need or can maintain for a long period of time. And I'm talking like years and decades of training. And, but, but being locked into like, okay, there are 12 exercises. These are the only ones that you need. And that's all we're doing. You know, you pigeonhole yourself and you get to a spot where, um, it might not be, let's just face it, it might not be fun for that, for, for you or that person. Uh, our bodies are capable of just so much more than we even know, but doing things like the protocols that you just mentioned and, you know, finding the, the quote unquote perfect rep range, it's arbitrary. You know, if you can find someone's muscular failure point, that's safe, you know, create an adaptation. That's, I, to, to me, that's more beneficial than telling somebody, okay, we're going to do 12 reps here. When they get to the 12th rep, if they're not very challenged, well, you just said to do 12 reps, I'm done. Like, well, it's, you know, let, let's take it just a little bit further. So I like your approach of, you know, get, giving the person more power and, you know, having them kind of dictate how, you know, how they're going to train themselves. That's, um, that's unique. And I think, uh, I think super beneficial. And another thing, the, the art of training, I've, I've talked about this before. And I think people kind of snicker about it, but it's, there's, it's definitely real, right? I mean, I think you've maybe, maybe you've done this before where you've, you've put somebody through a workout or you put yourself through a workout where everything seems to be clicking. I mean, like literally the right amount of fatigue is happening, you know, like the exercise are just flowing from one to the next. And, uh, you know, those are the days I'm like, I might do this workout with every single person that walks in the door. (laughs) Yes. But, uh, yeah, I, I like that, that philosophy of, uh, you know, training as, as an art style. Yes. Yeah, um, the, the Zen of training, some people will call it, and that's the kind of it's a very yeah. overused phrase, but the, that that is certainly the way I I approach you know my day to day work. Yeah, definitely. So, so tell us a little bit more about um, you know since since you you've had your own business now, I'm always interested in like the entrepreneur side of things. How did did this thing kind of organically take off? Did it? Uh, you know, did you already have kind of a following? Did you have to reach back out to people and say, Hey, guess what I'm doing now? Did people jump right back in? How did that take form? Um, well, the, what I did was I found this, I have a, it's a very, actually I'm going to move soon to a bigger one, but at the moment it's, it's a very small unit. It's only about 350 uh, square feet. So, um, oh, wow. so it's, it's small, but I have, you know, seven or eight machines in there. Um, and when I first started, um, I, yes, I could, I could draw on a few people and I gave away, um, you know, free workouts to people, you know, some of my, my partner Lorraine, she had some people working in her office that were a little overweight and, uh, you know, we passed a message down that I, I trained them for free. Um, and just 
started, you know, very gradually. I mean, probably doing six workouts a week, you know, and built it up over the years, you know, 90% through referrals until I'm doing, you know, 35, 40 workouts a week now, which is, which for me is good because I do it on my own. I don't have any help, you know, it's me. So um, it just grew, you know, when I first started, I got an appointment. I don't do, um, you know, uh, technical um, diaries on on the iPad or anything. I just have a plain paper, um, you know, diary um, for for my uh, bookings. And I wrote on the first day, just help people. And I think that has followed you know, that philosophy has followed me through very successfully. If you just, if you don't think about the money, you don't think about, um, you know, how has this business going to work? Am I going to fail? I just said, if you get in there and believe in yourself and help people sincerely, and that's important, sincerely, then um, it works. And, And thank God it has worked. You know, I'm, I'm teaching a, a business class right now, a personal training business class at a junior college here in Cincinnati. And there's 15 students. And uh, on day number one, um, I asked everybody, I said, what is the reason without saying you want to help people? Because that's kind of a given. What are the reasons you want to become a personal trainer? And I had everybody write it down and, and we're kind of going back through it now. Um, and I reminded them of that, you know, whatever their reason was, I reminded them to really think about that and to think about how they plan on, on making, you know, that happen on a day-to-day basis. Yes. And, you know, ha- having the ability to really say, no matter what happens, like our main goal as trainers is to, is to, to really is to help people become better versions of themselves. Whatever that entails for that one person during a given workout or a given day, that is what we should strive to do. And, uh, you know, it, it, that's going to look different to everybody. You know, uh, one, one person uh, in the class might have said, um, you know, I, I did it because I saw how it changed my dad's life. And another person said, well, I, I know I'm, uh, I, you know, I like to, I like to work out and I know I can make money from it. Okay, fine. But if you're doing it for whatever your root cause is, the money and all that stuff will follow. If you're following, just be ethical and be real with people and yeah. everything else as a trainer, everything else is going to follow. I mean, yeah, that's, so right. and, it, and it's hard work. It's super hard work. You know, you, you, you mentioned appointments. You know, some kids in the class, they, they've asked me, like, can I really make a, a living being a personal trainer? I'm like, I spin my calendar around. And I'm like, look, guys, you know, this is, this is a, a 50-hour week. Hour, yeah. not appointments, but hours. Yes. You know, if it, whatever success looks like to you, do everything you possibly can to yeah. make that happen. I'm not saying you're going to make a billion dollars. If that's what, if that's what your end goal is, you got to work your ass off. If you want to make $1,000, you got to work your ass off. But yeah, I'm getting, I'm getting a little off track here. My, my, my main point is it's not easy, but if you're doing it for those ethical reasons, it's going to happen. It'll, yeah. it'll just organically happen. I mean, you've got to be able to cope with the energy exchange. I think that's one of the main factors. Oh man. Yeah. And that's what yeah. people can't outside of the industry. If you're a trainer, only, only another trainer can understand that because that's the draining thing is maintaining your own energy and adjusting it to, 
whatever yeah. the person is coming in, trying to lift lift them or calm them or you know it's like and i you know i'm sure we all do all of us trainers have people that are like you know energy vampires they just suck the life out of you and yep. it's your you know it's your being and because you can't live on red bull you have to be self-perpetuating and lift yourself up and keep the energy level up and that's one of the reasons why gyms feel so great the good gyms they feel so great it's not because of the equipment or the showers or the cool sauna or the nice women walking around it's because <laughs> over the years these this building has absorbed that positive energy in some way and you walk in there and you get that buzz as soon as you walk in you know it's in the walls it's in the flooring you know it's it's radiating from the handles of the equipment and that is because there's so much energy uh, uh, being exchanged and yep. expelled in that environment. Yeah. The positivity. I mean, that's, that's a huge thing. You walk into the gym, you can tell right away, like the vibe of the gym and just, and it start, it does start with the people that work there. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know how to tell you. I don't know how other people do in, you know, in office spaces, maybe they have like a great experience walking into their building, but I, you're waking up at 4am and going to first of all i work at a gym okay it's like climate controlled the whole nine yards you know it's i mean yeah i'm, I'm walking yeah you know i'm walking around in in gym clothes all day like it's not a bad living to begin with like if you look no. at it like that <laughs> you look at it like that but and then you really think about like what what we do on a day-to-day -day basis i i think about that all the time when, when it's like you know the ninth appointment in a row you know you started at four o'clock it's your ninth appointment or you started at five o'clock it's the ninth appointment and it's just like, I remind myself like, dude, this is, it's gotta be the best job in the world. Has yeah. to be. Yeah. It has to be the best job in the world. I, I never, I never, um, you know, have a, have a day where I get up and I just like totally dread the people that I'm going to see, the people that I'm going to work with. Like everybody is, is working in the same goal. We all have, want the same outcomes for people. And it's just, every time I walk into the place, it's, it's, uh, I just feel, it's just like, what did I do in another life to deserve to come back <laughs> as a personal trainer? I feel like I had to be an, an awesome Sherpa or something. I don't know. But I just, I feel like it's, man, it's such a gift that we, we get to do what we do in the atmosphere and the people. But yeah, no, you're right though. Talk, when, when people come in and they'll tell you, like you, you ask about their day, you know, and it's funny to me because they're like, well, all right, off, off to work after they're, you know, after they're moving uh, right along. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, all right, well, I'm going to go to work now. And I'm like, well, I, I, okay, good. You know, I've, I've been to, I've been working for five hours now, but okay, it's good. But they, yeah, but one thing people don't understand, like, first of all, that person, your ninth appointment of the day, they don't care what happened before that to them right yeah. there is the first time it's basically your first appointment of the day. Yeah. So if there's anybody, if there's anybody out there listening who's thought about being a personal trainer, think about that. Every single person that you see, it could be the first or the last of the day. That is the first workout to them, and uh, yeah, to keep those energy levels up, brother. That's whew, it. Can be tough. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it can, especially when you get to my age. But the the great thing about <laughs> the great thing about it also is uh, where I work in my little studio is that really it's very it's very quiet apart from a few fans running or the air conditioning running in the summer so it's you know it's quite a clinical little environment it's people feel very safe they know what they're who i am they're comfortable with me and it's a great thing that sometimes i'll have a little extra time and 
and maybe they have got a little personal problem. They just, you know, particularly yep. the young lads are coming in with all, the, you know, the sort of young boy problems they have with their girlfriends and their, their parents and what have you. And they want to unload a little bit. And I'm cool with that. I'll listen to that. And, you know, I, I, I'm very personally into I meditate a lot and I can, you know, show them a few little meditative tricks and things to sit down and just chill out for a while. And we sit and talk for 10, 15 minutes. And then I stand up and, okay, let's go, you know, and that's, and then they, you know, so they get a great workout, hopefully. And then, because if you can talk them out of a bad mood, that's a great thing. You know, it's conducive to a better workout. So you're doing your job there. Um, But it can take its toll on individual trainers. It it does on me sometimes um, because sometimes you want to say to them, listen to my problem. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like you get like one or two of those uh, clients that come in and no matter what, it's like they're having the worst day of their life every single day. And I kind of want to be like, so sometimes like, you know, as a trainer, I want to be like, you know, you are in a private studio paying a personal trainer. It can't be, life can't be that bad. <laughs> You're so <laughs> you right. Know? Not from my view, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that kind of stuff needs to be shared and talked about more with uh, trainers that are, that are coming up. Um, yeah, and I think I think that's that's one thing that I try to get through to the students that uh that I that I are you know I actually I'm going to go see them in uh, about an hour and a half and as many good things as I can say about the industry I always just try to to repeat how much effort and how much hard work it's going to take um you know I I don't I don't know how how much else I can say about that topic but. I just think it's a, a, they've got to be ready for, a, you know, how much, how much of the industry, how much of what they're going to do is, is personality based, you know, yeah. both their personality and the personality of the clients. It's not just sets and reps, you know, that in fact, personalities first and, and the other stuff comes secondarily, really. I feel like maybe I should go back and get like a psychology degree. I feel like that would have benefited <laughs> me way more. <laughs> Then yeah. you know the exercise science degrees. <laughs> like, uh, sometimes at the end of an appointment, I'm like, okay, so you're going to get two bills this month. You're going to get a personal training bill, and you're going to get a therapy bill. Like, pay yeah. them, pay them however you want to. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. Just make it a little add-on. You know, okay, you're going to yeah. charge this for this and this for the psychological. <laughs> instead of selling, instead of selling protein, there's no protein. I'm not going to yeah. sell you cancer or protein. I'm going to sell you uh, psychological, whatever yeah. that's built. Yeah, yeah. Start taking insurance just for that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's that's awesome. Um, well, what what else? What other influences did you have uh, besides, uh, you know, Metzer and and uh arthur jones did you have any other influences as you were getting started and maybe people that you that you follow now yeah i mean obviously uh mensa arthur jones vince garonda all huge um there were trained when i grew up you know i used to visit gyms in the 70s and you know the early 80s before i had my own gym And, and you know there was one particular gym i used to go to which was above um an ice cream storage facility perfect um and everyone used to try, everyone used to train in woolly jumpers and bobble hats. And, you know, it was a, it was a much more of a sub culture then it wasn't, you know, you had to, you had to wait, you know, um, 
there was no internet so you had to wait to get your information you had to the 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 muscle magazines would be sent over from from america and you know you'd be you know you'd be months behind because the post was so slow you know um so it was a different in different environment everyone trained for the love of it so i met a lot of people in those gyms that taught me a lot you know just people that would that would be training and then the next minute they'd be in the pub but the next day they'd be back in the gym you know so you these were good old boys you know strong as oxes and 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 took me under their wing and, and taught me a hell of a lot about gym camaraderie and basic training and and nutrition and it, it, you know so there's a lot of people out there that are um um nameless really through through my um coming up through the game um i was very lucky that my father actually when i was a kid he had a guy that used to work for him who was um uh an ex-boxer and actually a bit of a mercenary as well at one point and he oh, wow. He was a great influence on me because every Saturday he used to come up to my little home gym when I lived at home and train me, you know, and punch and we'd be boxing and stuff like that. So you look at these guys, they kind of teach you how to be a man, you know, when you're a kid. And that, yeah. that, was a, that were great influences on me. There's been, there's been many, plus the magazine guys, you know, Zane, sure. Columbo, all those guys are great. I think that's, I think it's really cool how the, uh, the impact, especially, and I've talked about this before too a lot, the impact of exercise and strength training, the impact that has on a young person, um, I mean, this sounds like such a meathead thing to say, but, I mean, you know, if you're, if you're a young person, you know, when you start actually strength training, 18, 19, 20-something years old, you, you're, especially, you're obviously speaking it from a male's perspective, you're still kind of figuring yourself out, you're, you know, seeing what's around you, your competition, all this stuff, you might feel kind of awkward, and, you know, you're, getting introduced at a young age to strength training and exercise, not only is that going to make you physically uh, feel and look better, but what that does for your, just your mental fortitude and being able to, to know that you can work through something very difficult. So other challenges that might happen, you know, you, you can equate those and just say, this is, this is nowhere near as challenging as, you know, a 20 rep set of squats. Yes. Know? Or, or, or whatever or whatever task you know in the gym that you, you've done but having those mentors inside to guide you and to, to learn from and having that be a space where you can go to to really like be nurtured and to grow and to figure out more things and to, to talk through things like you mentioned before um, you know the people that are that are in those kind of facilities obviously you right away should have something in common with them you know so I mean it's kind of a no-brainer I think also for young and certainly for me and, and for many young guys, I think one of the great things about it is to drag yourself, especially in the UK, and I'm sure where you are, drag yourself out of the house after you've been working and it's freezing cold outside to, uh, to go and, and to do something, you know, physically very hard and mentally very challenging. It, yep. it teaches you self-reliance and it also teaches you that there's something outside of yourself that you, that you can rely on and you can love, you know? So, yeah. you know, most young guys are very self-obsessed and in their own little world, but you find the guys that love training are, uh, they, they learn great self-discipline, you know, get yes. off your backside, walk out that door and get under the bar. That's a great thing. And it also teaches them this love of something bigger than themselves, which I think is tremendously valuable. It's funny that you said the word discipline because right before you said it, I, I typed it 
as a note to myself, just that it, you're building discipline and to be able to, to walk into the gym, know what's going to happen and not psych yourself out, not talk yourself out of it. Yeah. That is, that's, I mean, shoot, I, I had my workout, um, or, you know, later in the morning earlier today. And, uh, as I was going through it, you know, you're fighting yourself saying maybe only, maybe only one set of this is enough. Maybe only, you know, <laughs> maybe a little longer rest is okay. But yes. it's like as soon as, as soon as that, those thoughts come in, as if you just flip the switch on it and you just do the exact opposite of what your mind is telling you, first of all, I mean, the physical benefits are, are pretty obvious, but the mental just boost of, I know, I, I know I've got this no matter what. I think that goes, that goes far beyond any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, a physical uh, boost that you get. Yeah, I mean, what greater attribute can you have than the ability to do something really difficult, whether you feel like it or not? You know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, that's like a medallion, right? I mean, that's fantastic. People do that every day. People get up and go to jobs that they hate. Like, why? Why should exercise be any different? <laughs> like, if you if you know, like, not that you should always hate going to the gym, but you know it's going to be tough, and you just do it. All right, we're doing this. Boom. Yeah. You, you're right. doing it because you know you have to do it. Like it's essential. It's it's going to make you better. It's going to make you more resilient. It's going to make you a better husband, a better wife, a better student, a better worker. It transcends into everything, and that's really hokey pokey and a little foo foo to say, but it's so true. People who and I'm starting to like rant a little bit, but people who know how to work hard in the gym, those are the people I would pick that person over someone who has you know the biggest 401k and the flashiest car and give yeah. me the person who can bust ass in the gym. I want that person on my team every day of the week. Yeah, I agree. There's plenty of kids. Let, from, but it's true. It is very true. And there's plenty of kids laying in bed playing Xbox and smoking joints, you know, that can't, can't be bothered to do anything. So, you know, if, if they could just get hold of this one thing and, and learn that attribute, have that ability to do something difficult, it, their whole yeah. life would change. They fall in love with strength training. Everything else falls in line, doesn't it? Because your diet sorts itself out. Your sleep sorts itself out. Your mental attitude sorts itself out. It really is a panacea to a lot of stuff that could help a lot of people. You know, here's, I've had this thought a lot and I've talked to some colleagues because I, obviously there is this issue with um, every generation has had lazy people. Okay. I mean, it's just, it's oh, a yeah. fact. it just happens, but yeah, obviously the more people we have in the world, uh, the more young people we have, the lazy, the more lazy people we see. But I, I tend to focus on the people who maybe you can uh, have some thought on this too, but I tend to focus on the people who put forth a little bit of effort, who ask the questions, who seem like they want to get involved because those are the people that you are going to like send out into the world who are probably going to have the biggest impact. Yeah. And uh, like, obviously, you know, if I talk to someone who, who, who says, man, you know what, my, my son or my daughter really just, do, they don't want to do anything. You know, can I, can we set some appointments up? Yep. hundred percent we can for sure. But as soon as they get in there, if they, if you know, a couple appointments go by and they're still like not showing any effort, they still are just dragging themselves. They show it's like a babysitting appointment. Basically. Mm. I just tell their parent, I'm like, look, right at this point, I'm an expensive babysitter and it's wasting their time. It's wasting your money and neither nobody's getting anything out of it. 
So either they see the benefit or they don't see the benefit for the people who do, who just buy into it and who uh, come in and they're, you know, they just want to work hard young people. Cause believe it or not, people out there, like there are young people who want to work hard. Those are the people you got to feed into because those people yeah. are going to touch other people's lives. Yes. Whew. You catch my breath. And I need that freaking water. I can't believe I forgot my water. <laughs> That's so disappointing. Like I'm shaking every bottle I have in my car. And there's nothing in it. Um, anyway, uh, I, I don't know, Edward, do you, uh, do you have any other words of wisdom you can, you can leave us with? Well, I mean, it's just, you've got to be self-perpetuating, haven't you? You've got to lift yourself. You know, there's that old saying, you know, the self is this, uh, the self is the biggest enemy you've got and uh, the biggest friend you've got. You've, you have to lift yourself by yourself. As far as training is concerned, be open-minded. Don't get too uh, caught up in um, dogmatic philosophies and labels. Yeah. Be willing to yep. experiment. And uh, also live your life. You know, it is, there's, there's more to life than strength training. It's only a part of life. It isn't life itself. Yep. Um, and um, read your books too, you know, not just training books. You know, get into some, you know, get into some good books and, and do a little bit of reading. I know I did and it changed my life. Well, the, the whole aspect, you just you hit it on the head again. The strength training should only make every other part of your, your life better. It doesn't, yes. it shouldn't be, it should fit, it should fit into your life. You got to make it a part of your life. All right. But it should fit into your life. It should be a part of your lifestyle that just makes everything else better. You know, yes. it shouldn't, it yes. shouldn't, shouldn't be the grind. It shouldn't be the grind. Like, Oh crap. It's not like going to the dentist. Dentist is important, but if you're not maintaining your teeth, it's going to suck. So if you're yes. maintaining your life, you're going to the gym, you know, it's good for you. It's going to make everything else better. hundred percent. Couldn't agree. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, the reading thing, unfortunately, I'm a nerd and most of the stuff that I read are just like scientific artic articles. I've tried, <laughs> I, seriously, I, man, I've tried to get into like nonfiction or even like some fiction and just like take myself someplace else. But dude, I just, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just a lazy American, but I just can't do it. <laughs> well, you know what they say, Eric, the, the nerds will inherit the earth, right? You know? He says that. Did they say that? <laughs> I've heard that I've never, heard, I've never heard anybody say that. <laughs> the nerds shall inherit the earth. Well, you're going to teach us all how to train, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But, hey, Edward, uh, if people have more questions, comments, concerns, where is the best place to get a hold of you? Um, the best way to get hold of me is uh, one very good way is to via uh, uh, messenger on Facebook. Uh, through Vital Exercise on Facebook, or if you go to my website, vitalexercise.com, um, you can contact me there. And also, I'd encourage you if you need to, to speak to me, my phone number is readily available on the website. Just give me a call. Awesome. That's awesome. Well, Edward, I, I appreciate you taking the time and, and jumping on and, and sharing some knowledge and hope people do get a hold of you. So keep in touch and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Eric. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform at Eric Feigl or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.